You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. TechFan Podcast number two, or sorry, 495. I went back in time there, David Cohen. Yeah. 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 I wish I could go back in time sometime. I often if feel... I go back time. Yeah, no, I, I often feel nostalgic for the my 80s? very younger years because, yeah, because... Things were simple back then. Yeah, they I felt like they were simple back then. Yeah, I do too. But then I look at the kids and I think, well, no, I wouldn't give this up for anybody. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it would be good to time travel simply to visit. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to stay Is back it there. Perhaps lay down a few investments for the future. <laughs> but then you you, hey, you got to look at fruit you know, based, what's happening. Fruit based with, yeah. company stock that you might want to buy. <laughs> Well, I tell you, talking about investments, I have to move my 401k from my old work to the new place, but yep. I but I can't change, I can't join the new one for a year. So the investment company that works with the new employer is um, creating a new account for me with them until I can join the 401k there and get company match yep. and all that stuff. Um, but I talked to them a couple weeks ago, a week ago Friday. Julie and I went in. You know, talking about our plans, what I like to do. And I told him, I said, look, I know there's a 10% penalty if you pull money out of your 401k early. Plus, it's then treated as income and you have to pay tax on it. Yeah. That being said, here's here's what I was thinking. And, um, you know, I've got a mortgage. And I've got another, I don't know, eight years to go on it. But I'm paying 8.1% because when I got this mortgage, that was actually a good rate back in 99, 2002 when I refinanced then. So that was a pretty decent rate, but it's not anymore. So when I tried to refinance when mortgage rates were like at 2.9, 1.9, something like that, 2.1, I think, um, none of the mortgage companies would touch me unless I borrowed 50K. But I only owed like at the time, like 35K on my house. And they're like, and you can put the extra 15000 in your bank account. Well, I don't, that's, it's stupid. I don't want to do yeah, that. Which, yeah, not only that, uh, yeah, at, at the, those sorts of rates then, it would have made no money. Right. It, well, yeah. it, it, it wouldn't have saved would me have, a monthly bill at all because I did the calculation. I'm like, I'm saving like 20 bucks on my mortgage payment by taking more. I don't want to take more money. I just want to refinance what I owe at the lower rate. They wouldn't could do you it. Not, could you just not borrow the 35000 from somebody else and then and not mortgage it just just take a loan and N- pay it off not at the 2.1 at the time no no and it just kind of ticked me off that they wouldn't do it so i just said screw it so i just kept my mortgage as it was so obviously the finance guy was arguing wanted to argue with me at first until i told him at the eight what you know the 8.1 percent he was like ah oh, no let's pay that off yeah. so probably within the next couple weeks my mortgage will be paid off mm-hmm Yay, then I own the house and I have to pay my own uh, property taxes. Because they escrow it in my mortgage right now. Which is fine, because that's a whole lot less than making a monthly mortgage payment. Yeah. But it's not so much to save money long term. It's if something happened to me. Because Julie doesn't work. She's a stay-at-home mom. So if something happened to me, you know, I, I don't want her to have to worry about making a mortgage payment. She only has to worry about... There's no life insurance built into the mortgage? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. That's the thing we have here. Yeah. That'd be a nice thing to have. <laughs> or if it's offered, I was never told about it. Yeah. Um, but even if there was, I still, I don't, you know, those things generally yeah. take a long time to go through and then she, the mortgage falls behind yeah. and it's just, yeah. it's a hassle. This way, she only has to worry about, you know, gas, electric. 
cell phone yeah, and not, not cable. Not that. If you, if you can stop paying a uh, staying paying a payment for eight point one percent for the next nine years, eight years, whatever you said it was. You know that that is definitely worth yeah. doing now, especially if it's if you're not having to put money in your pocket, your hand in your pocket to do it because it's coming out the four hundred one k. Exactly. Yeah. So it's you know, and I'm taking enough to pay the penalty as well as the taxes. Yeah. So that's not really coming out of my pocket either. Yeah. I like the idea. I like the thought of the house being paid off and just one less thing that she'll ever have to well, worry about. Because all you're basically doing is you're trading one investment, the four hundred one k, for another one, yes. which is the house. Yes. Um, and frankly, the house is probably worth is probably going to grow more than the four hundred one k. Oh, I, I would agree with that. Years. Yes. Yeah. So, so she um, could just literally sell the house if she had to, and she wouldn't have to yeah. pay well, you, any balance got, on a mortgage or anything. She, you've got you've got options. Then you can sell the house, you can rent the house, you can yes, you can have a lodger it's in the an house. Investment you've got lots in the of different. No question. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I feel good about it. You know, I hated. Yep. The thought of taking money out of my retirement fund, but ah, I think it's a good idea. I'm yep. sure there's someone out there that can make a better argument of why it's a bad idea, but I, I th- I'm I happy with, with what it. You pay- with what you're paying, I think it's probably a good idea. Yeah. It's hard to see the downside. Well, you pay less in the last 10 years than you do in the beginning when it comes to the APR. I mean, the fir- in yeah. here, at least in the U.S., the first 10 years, you're not touching your principal hardly at all. No, it's the same with all mortgages. Yeah, it's it's, that it's you're, a scam. You're paying, in, you're paying interest mm-hmm. and, until, you know, you don't pay down the principal towards the end of the loan. Yeah. yeah, so they make sure they make even more money. Yep. Yep. If it was like a car loan, that would be different, but it's not. Anyways, let's move on. Um, not a lot going on in the tech world right now, but you had kind of a, a funny story about 3D printers. What's going on with that? So yeah, the, I mean the real story here is is the, the you know what a lot of people like to rail against the cloud, and I don't mean go out and shout the sky though. I do that on do that too. I do that on Friday afternoons. <laughs> yeah. But um, obviously, a lot of uh, in fact, it, I was putting in mind this. I heard on another podcast somebody who rented a house and the house had a Roku TV, and they plugged their Apple TV into it, and um, while they were watching something on Apple TV, a Roku ad popped up on the bottom of the TV, basically said, you know, you could watch this through Roku, which effectively told them that the TV was scanning what they were watching, reporting that back to Roku so they could advertise to it. So this story kind of illustrates the same sort of thing as well, is that everybody does stuff in the cloud now, and very few people do it well, and most of the time when they do do it, they're doing it for their advantage, not yours. Yep. So this is a um, company called Bamboo Lab. Bamboo, B-A-M-B-U. I've heard of them. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd not. But apparently um, they have their software um, stores all your um, controls and um, print cues prints and, all and that. stuff yep. like that and everything like that in the cloud. And what happened is in um, a couple of weeks ago is that in the middle of the night, whatever situation their printers were in, whether they were, um, whether they were in standby or whether they were halfway through a print or whether they had a, a finished print on there and uh, and it hadn't been cleaned up or whatever. At four in the morning, they all started printing stuff. <laughs> yeah, they, they were printing right on old print job. Imagine waking up at two in the morning and your printer, your 3D printer's going off. Exactly. These things generate and, you know, a lot of heat. I don't know if you know in that some, or not. In some cases, they people already had a, proj- a finished project sat on the... Because a lot of people... 
leave their 3D prints running overnight anyway because they take a long time. So it destroyed those. Some people had their actual printers destroyed because there was, you know, there wasn't the right stuff in, or it was uh, it got melted. And I mean, you can imagine if a print, particularly a 3D printer, which is a mechanical object, starts doing something unplanned in the middle of the night, then there is plenty of scope for damage or uh, shenanigans. Yeah, the print head is basically uh, melting plastic. Exactly. And extruding so, it might be a problem. Yeah. So one one guy actually, uh, this, this was talked about already, he actually had a time-lapse camera pointed at his uh, 3D printer, presumably for so he could keep an eye on any problems um, if he found a mess in the morning. And he found a mess this morning. He said about 2.30 a.m. Um, the, the printer suddenly started filament spilled out the side coiled up all inside the chamber it only stopped feeding once the temperature sensor was ripped out by getting caught on the coiled uh, stuff um and this was basically because they had the, their cloud software had a bug in it and um basically the uh they had a power the failure the, and the next thing popped up yeah, and it wasn't queued the next, correctly and it yeah was, the next time the next time the printers connected to the cloud uh it got a bad signal and said oh you need to start printing something it's um, uh, i will say this though for the company they didn't try to sugarcoat anything no they fell on their sword immediately they reached out immediately this is how look problems can develop and I know some people look at this and go, oh, you know, bad cloud computing. Yes, that is one takeaway. The other takeaway is a responsible company that's making it right with their people and did a mea culpa. Yeah, very much, um, uh, you know, the right actions here. But they're, ter- they, they're, gonna go, they're gonna make it right. Yep. People who've got damage, they're gonna fix them. Yep. They're gonna compensate people. Um, but, uh, and and apparently the, this is not the first time they've had security problems with this cloud software. Um, and, um, you know, it's unfortunately, and they say this, uh, the, uh, at one, uh, the, when they had a, 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 a cloud software security problem recently, they said um, they had to educate themselves on network security because the design of the whole system was not the best from the very beginning because our initial team had a background in robotics but very little experience in network security. And, of course, this is the problem, is that when you when a company sets up these cloud services, they're thinking about all the cool features they want to offer. Um, and they're often also thinking about the uh, cool data they can get back from their customers because they don't do it for the good of their, goodness of their hearts. Um, and, yeah, they're often not thinking about bug modes and failures and, you know, what happens if the company goes out of business or is traded. And, you know, we've, we've talked many over many years about, you know, when people have devices that rely on cloud services and the company goes under or is, changes hands and the services just stop working. Or, you or a company paperwork. just decides they don't want to do it anymore, like Google. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 even though I think the, the cloud computing and the internet is a wonderful thing, I would be very skeptical about buying a service that relied on storing everything in the cloud like this unless the actual technology needs the cloud for something obviously if you're doing you know if you if you've got a large you know one of these ai systems you obviously want to probably want to rely on cloud services for that if you want to develop your own ai language you know language learning models or or that sort of thing that's the way it's done but for something like a printer where actually everything should and could be done locally um 
I would be very sceptical about signing up and using a cloud service for, for these sorts of reasons. I would go um, so far as to say iCloud is one of the worst. Now, what I mean by that is I got a, a MacBook for work. And, of course, I signed in with my Apple ID and not thinking that, oh, look, everything that's on the desktop on my home computer is now on the desktop here on the work computer. It took me a few minutes to go in there and change those settings. And I thought, okay, I, I told it not to do that, so everything should be good. Except it's not good. Uh, I accidentally put something in the trash on my work computer. I realized it on the way home. I thought, oh, when I get to work, I'll just take it out of the trash. I got home. I saw my trash can was full here on my Mac, and I emptied it, and I emptied the one up there, even though I told it not mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. So that was kind of irritating. It took me about oh, 10 well, minutes to yeah. fix the problem when I got back to work, but it's just like, what, but why? But at least there, at least there, the objective of the cloud service you're using is to actually, it, I mean, it's doing what it's designed to do. It's meant to allow you to access your files anyway. Except when I told um, it not to, and it still did it anyway. Yeah, well, that that is a, that is a problem, right. and that is definitely you know not. not so that not just shows you that idea. even a company like Apple can have problems with yeah. cloud computing. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, the again the difficulty I think with a lot of the cloud services is they assume if you log in in one place and you then log in in another that you actually want everything to be replicated across. Yeah. Sometimes that's not the case. I, I mean, I'm. I, I, I can't use, think uh, of a situation where I would want that unless I actively go and say, yes, I want this. Because I don't want the same environment on different devices. There's a reason yeah, I have well, a different device. Yeah, a, a lot of people do. A lot of people want to access their home computer and then if they're on the laptop. But it should be very out, clear want, when you're yeah. signing on to the computer for the first time. Do you want everything on the other computer on this computer? Yeah, it probably should be. Yeah, but, um, they make, the, it, the reason, there's no it, way to do The reason they it. don't ask the reason they don't ask questions is most people just click the defaults anyway, and that might not be what their business model is. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I have, I use uh, many, many more of the Microsoft cloud services than the Apple ones yep. because I use Windows computers at work, uh, and I'm very careful to keep my personal Windows account and my work Windows account separate to precisely avoid that sort of thing. Yep. I don't want to have a situation. I can still log on to the web and access my personal stuff from my work if I need to. If I have a scanned document, something I need to get, I can do that. But I don't want that automatic syncing going on for exactly that same reason. That you don't want I, your personal tax document showing up on the work computer. No, and also as well, I don't want to inadvertently delete something and then realize I've deleted something important from my home environment. Yep. Or vice versa. So, yeah. Well, I, I'll give you an example. Julie's phone is filling up with photos and when she deletes them it deletes them from my iPhoto library which yeah. is total bullshit I don't yeah. want them deleted here I just want them deleted uh, but you can't go back think, and change that I think yeah there is a uh, well I, I think there is a I don't know if it's in the current version of iOS or the next version where they have like a family shared library where you can pull two together but they remain separate well, that's what needs to happen because there's no way for us to turn that off. If she deletes it from her phone, it deletes it from iPhoto on my Mac. It's it's, it's terrible. That's because it's logged into her account. Logged into my account. She's on my account. She's on your account. Right. Yeah. I think what you need to do is create her your own account and then create some sort of merged thing. I'm 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 pretty sure there is. I'm sure I've heard people talk about it in this year's ios rather than next year's uh it, it drives me crazy 
photos. I mean, this is, yeah, how to share fam, fam, uh, iPhoto, photos with family sharing in iCloud. Yeah, I want the opposite. Yeah. I want to stop well, think, sharing the folders from her. No, phone I think what you mine. need what you what you need to do is you need to create uh, an iCloud photo account for her, and then you can share it so you can see the photos, but they don't get deleted from your photos. Mm, yeah, but then how do I merge all her twenty thousand photos that she has on her phone over to that? Ah, well, yeah, that's a separate problem. Exactly, that's. That's the issue I'm running into. Yeah. I could do it, but I just haven't done it yet. No. I don't know why she needs that many freaking photos on her phone. Just and, you, and here's the other problem is you can't just delete them easily. Because it's either all or you got to pick each one. Yep. And on a phone, have fun with that. Now, obviously, <laughs> yeah. the easiest thing is to plug it into my Mac, select all the photos that I want to you know, import and then delete from the phone, leaving the one she wants. But because it's yeah. using iCloud, those are already on my phone or on the computer. So it's just a mess. I, I, nobody has a great solution yet when it comes to photo storage. Well, the problem is, is yeah, they, with photo storage in iCloud, a lot of stuff in iCloud originally is, is, is comes about because originally it didn't do these things that we wanted it to do. Right. And so you start with the old systems and then, as you say, twenty, thirty thousand photos later, all of a sudden it's changed, and now you've got a big management problem trying to turn it from one paradigm to another. Yes. And uh, talking yeah, about a, a mess, did you see the Zoom thing that you posted? Did you read that? I assume uh, I did, since it was yeah. your note. This, this is this is highly hilarious, actually. So, <laughs> during the height of the pandemic, everybody was using Zoom. It became a thing, way better or way more than it ever had been before. Zoom does more than just video conferences. They, you can actually have Zoom in an in, 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 in office environment that will is connected to your phone system, so you can answer the phone. You can send chats yeah. locally. We, it we, does a we lot have more. That. We have that in our office. We have the meeting rooms yeah. where there's a big central Zoom system where you can join people to uh, meetings in, and you can join the room and all of these sorts of things. And let's be honest. Group chats. If it, if, if it wasn't for the pandemic, video conferencing as a tool would not be where it is today. No question. Because it'd been around for years and hardly anybody used it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we were all stuck at home and everyone started using it. And most people thought, you know what, this works pretty well. Uh, and now they continue to use it. Apparently, the CEO of Zoom says, "Yeah, you know, Zoom's all great and everything. It's not the same as being in the office." <laughs> yeah, he said just people find- are more polite on a Zoom call, whereas he doesn't want them to be polite with each other if they're talking about new products and features. They want he wants the back and forth, the argument. Why my mine is better than yours? Crikey, he's um, not been on some of my team's calls then. I, I was kind of wondering that myself. Um, yeah, but yeah. Now he's going to require people that live within a fifty-mile radius of the headquarters to come in at least twice a week. And yeah. to be honest, if it if this wasn't Zoom, the company that makes remote software possible to work, nobody would bat an eye. You know, but that's kind of your whole business model, isn't it? And not only that, I mean the. The article here says that if you look on Zoom's website, it said 95% of customers who switch to Zoom report an increase in performance and trust among team members. And now he's saying, oh, I really need everyone in two days a week because we need 
improve performance and trust with our team members. So, uh, yeah, either something doesn't match up here. Either, either the marketing stuff on the website is, is bull hockey. It is. um, That's exactly what it is. (laughs) You can stop right there. That's where it is. (laughs) They are a hundred percent. Nobody. I know everyone thinks it sounds like a good idea to work remotely. I would argue that for some sure, but full time, I bet you're not as productive as you think you are. You know what no. I mean? I, I don't yeah. think anybody working from home is productive as if you go into work. But then I, I would argue that an awful lot of people who are going to work are also not that productive. Part of the, part of the problem here is not the, the working environment in, in driving the productivity. It's the type of work that people have to do. And I, I certainly find for myself I'm less productive when I'm doing something I don't really want to do. And there's an awful lot of activities in my job where I just, you know, they're, they're an overhead, they're a hassle, they're a pain, and I don't really want to do them. And so, you know, I don't tend to focus on those as hard and I get easily distracted. And that's going to be the same whether I'm sat in an office where I'm getting up to get a cup of coffee or I'm talking to somebody who's just walked through the door or walked past my desk or um, I'm going to the bathroom or I'm thinking about where I'm going for lunch or something like that. And that's the same whether I'm at home. It's just at home, it's different distractions. It's like, oh, well. Yeah, but it goes a little bit farther than that because unless you're the head guy, when you're at the business, if you're in person, there is that, you know, they're going to see me screwing off. Whereas when you're at home, you have none of that worry. Now, if you have a good work ethic, obviously you're like, look, I'm supposed to be working right now. I need to, you know, I need to crack down. But one of the things that I noticed people were talking about during the pandemic, when so many people were working at home, is they were working more because they felt guilty working from home. They felt like they needed to yeah. do extra to prove that they're actually working from home than they were actually doing in the office, and that's a problem too. Yeah, you know. And I, I, but having said that, I think a lot of people as well, and and whether you work in an office or not, they, they do this as well. They'll work in the office or they'll work at home and they'll have an unproductive day. They will screw off for one reason, one way or another. Everybody and, does. Um, yeah. And then what they'll do is they'll go home in the evening uh, or they'll be at home in the evening. They'll say, I really need to get caught up on that so I'm not behind tomorrow. And then they'll sit and do it. Yeah. Um, the difference is, is that if you get caught screwing off in the office, you tend to get punished <laughs> or shouted at or criticised or it remembered. Whereas obviously at home you can get away with it. Um I, the, to me, I think what they need to do is spend enough time looking at the productivity of their business as a whole and say, is it any better or worse when we make these changes? Because as you've said, with your new job, yeah, commuting is a pain and it's a waste of time. And when you've got a long commute, particularly, and so this is talking about people who might be up to 50 miles away from their office, yeah, that is a big chunk of time. And that in itself is time that, that that's effectively lost, and you, people resent it, and it's keeping them away from their families. And you know, somebody asked me, could, "Is there anything that you miss about driving as far as you were before?" And the answer is yes. I'm getting through audiobooks a lot less quickly now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. It's but a lot of this, though, I do think that if people aren't getting the work done at home. It's not because of the technology like Zoom that's preventing them from doing so. It's just that's who they are. That's their... Yeah. They don't have the same work ethic. 
the project I'm the projects I'm working on in central government, we were much more productive and, and have remained much more productive with people mainly working away and doing everything by by Teams calls. We get more done. The meetings are more useful than they used to be. The in-person meetings. I remember the, we used to have the in-person meetings. You go in for a team meeting or a team stand up on a Tuesday morning. Right. And effectively, it would turn into a, a debate shop and nothing would actually get decided. Now we do those same meetings on teams and decisions get made and people then go away and act on those decisions. It's far more effective than it used to be. And it's because we're not, not all sat in a room that's tiny and hot and has no coffee in it. And, uh, you 90% know, 90 percent of the people don't want to be in there. Exactly. And also as well. Yeah. With it, they, they um, you know, people are late. Well, I I've also think people- that uh, managers that call a lot of meetings, I think they do it. So it, they have the appearance of doing, of managing. I'm managing people. Yeah. It's, yeah, but it's the not difference, for a good reason. And, and the managers still do that with a Teams call. But the difference is the Teams call is more productive. Yeah. You get, people tend to stick to the agenda. You get through more things. Um, and you get, yeah, you get more decisions made, yeah. I, I, is what I find. So um, to me, rather than deciding one way or the other is the best way or a better way, I think Companies should look at their metrics and their performance and how much they're getting done and decide which works best. I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of these edicts where the you must, you must, because, you know, they've just this person's decided. What I'd, I'd ask is, is um, this uh, this chap, what's his name? Yuan. Whatever. It doesn't um, matter. Eric Yuan. Yeah. It's because he believes remote work doesn't allow people to build as much trust to be as innovative as it does in person. Which goes back it's to like, the well, fact that isn't that exactly what your software is supposed to foster? That, yeah, but that that's that's the first point. But then the second point is, it's, I don't want one guy's belief because that might just be complete confirmation bias. I want the metrics to actually demonstrate which is best because that, that's the sign of a good leader is they actually take real input rather than they gut feel. You're a communist. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you see the the uh, auto the united auto workers is uh in fierce debate with the big three automakers here and um what the auto workers are proposing is a four-day work week right instead of the seven that they have now yeah yeah good luck with that yeah it's not gonna happen <laughs> it should don't get me wrong yeah but you know, there's some things, this whole, you know, work harder to get ahead in life. As I get older, I think that's bullshit. Oh, yeah, definitely is. Yeah, because yeah, when they say it's, work it's, harder to get ahead in life means put everything else aside. Yeah, it's it's basically, it's a sign of a poor work-life balance. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, they, basically what it means is the boss wants um, more. more productivity because it affects his bonus. Yes, that's exactly or, right. Or her bonus. Yeah, let's not be sexist. Good job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's not a good job is SanDisk. They're getting a class action lawsuit. This is, this is, um, I've been watching this for the last couple of months. Yeah, me too. I I became aware of this a while, a while ago. So SanDisk makes, um, obviously memory products, storage products. And in in fact, San, I, most people don't know this, but SanDisk is not an independent company anymore. They're owned by Western Digital. Yep. 
Um, and so when you're dis- saying, oh, I, and people will say this, uh, SanDisk has never let me down, but I won't buy that Western Digital crap. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, yeah. actually. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's market consolidation for you, baby. But um, the problem is, is that they do these um, portable SSDs. Um, and I have, I've got, mine's a crucial one here. And these are really nice little things because they're, they're normally as big as a as a an old portable hard drive, but they're tiny because they're solid state, and uh, normally very fast nowadays with USB three point two or better, and uh, a lot obviously a lot of people rely on these for quick mass storage, photographers, videographers, that sort of thing. Anybody who's carrying a large amount of archive data around, some people will have them for you know as backups for their photos and things like that. Sure, uh, and it turns out that the um, the firmware in these things, I suppose, causing them to spontaneously die. Yep. And uh, this was and this has been a problem by, for a while. Yeah, this was unacknowledged by from Sand by Sandisk for a while, and eventually they begrudgingly admitted it and said that they'd issue a firmware patch to fix it. And the firmware patch has not fixed it. And the problem is, is that if you have one of these drives and it fails. You think, okay, well, I've got a warranty. And SanDisk goes, yeah, sure, you can have a new one. Yeah. Nothing about getting your data back. No. Uh, and in some cases, uh, one of the guys at Ars Technica actually got a replacement one that supposedly had been fixed. Uh, and then the same thing happened again. He lost all his data again. So um, this is pretty bad because if you sell data storage... The fact that the data storage can spontaneously fail and you lose all your data is not great. It's kind of like the opposite of what your business was designed to do. Exactly. Yeah. So there are they are starting to get class action lawsuits um, filed and they're trying to get the class action status for this. I think they're going um, to. Yeah. Um, and and the, the real problem is, is that as a result of people starting to recognize that these drives are problematical their prices have dropped and now they look really cheap and people are going oh sandisk is a good brand and it's look how look how cheap it is for a four terabyte ssd i'm going to buy one of those and these people are not being told that actually it might be a time bomb yeah yeah so I, worth, anybody who worthless relies, is, yeah, is the exactly yeah, is is the worthless is the um is the term that's being banded around by people in the know about this now. Well, here's the issue that I have, and going back to the user, if you're just backing up your data to one disk, well, if the backup fails, then you just back up to another disk. Except it sounds like these people are like, I lost my data forever. So that was your only copy. It was so important that you only backed it up to one place. You There was no backup running. You ever hear a carbon copy cloner or a time machine? Well, it, it drives right, me crazy okay. when someone. It's yes, a that, professional. He lost all of his work. It wasn't being backed up. Prob- there's a raid. There's a thing called a raid that automatically well, backs yeah. up as you go. I think. I think to be fair, some people were um, are, are using these for an extended trip. Like you know, if, like I did this recently when I, I took all my photos while I was on my trip, uh, and I copied them off the cards that were in the cameras to a separate storage device now when i get home i then back those up but while i'm on the trip i can't back them up 
or I didn't back them up. That's, that's and so, a very specific that's, use case, and I don't think that's well, what's really yeah, but, happening here. These are but professionals. I, I, think, I think you've got to think about what some of these devices are useful. That's exactly how they're useful. It's like, I've got one big drive, and I'm going to dump everything to it, and then I'll source it out when I get home. And professionals as well, if you're, if you're on a wedding, yeah, you're, if you're a professional photographer, videographer on a wedding, what you need to be able to do is dump storage off your camera so you can keep shooting. You, can't, you don't have time in those circumstances to, That's true. to take two backups. That's true. I'll give you that yeah? one. Yeah, and, and, and those, so those, those people are being affected as well. And, uh, you know, the reality, I, I think we, we do need to reflect on human nature here. Sometimes what you'll do is you'll dump stuff to a, a device and then you'll say, well, I'm going to back it up. And then it takes you two, three weeks before you do it. Now, what's been happening in this, these cases is that the next time after three weeks they plug that drive in, it turns around and goes, oh, I'm not working anymore. And data's all gone. Yep. Um, and that's the issue. And let's face it, SSD is meant to be re- more reliable than hard drive because hard drives can fail, but it's very rare that a hard drive, when you plug it in, um, just doesn't work at all. They normally kind of gracefully degrade or you get some notice that they're a little bit funny. Whereas SSDs being full electronic devices, they either work or they don't. And in this case, they're just stopping working. Yep. They deserve to get sued for this if they're not doing anything about it. And it doesn't well, appear I, that they are doing yeah. what they should be no, doing. No, they've, yeah, they've known about this for months and they've been dragging their heels about sourcing it because they, again, going back to what the 3D company, 3D printer company did is they owned it straight away and they said, we're going to make this right yep. no matter the cost. And Western Digital is certainly big enough to do that. They could immediately recall all the drives, stop manufacturing them, um, commit to find a solution that's going to protect that. And then also for the small number of customers who've, lo- who've lost data as a result of this is pay for the data recovery service. Because you know the data is still there. It's just the drive control is gone. Yeah, so, sometimes, sometimes you can get yeah. a bad, an actual bad sector on a SSD. Yeah, but, I, rare, I bet, but I bet... I bet you could get a lot of data back from those. And for the small number of customers who've lost data completely, you could send them back to Western Digital and they could recover the data for you. Absolutely. And they could pay for doing that. And that would be the smart way of dealing with this. Pull And also certainly, certainly pull the drives out of the market instead of leaving them all out there and letting them be sold at a discount because people don't trust them anymore. Because yep. that means loads of suckers are buying them and have no idea that they've got a bad drive. Speaking of suckers... <laughs> I feel like Atari's targeting me with this thing. They're coming out with a new twenty six hundred. Yeah, so you you already have the um, the previous product from Atari, the yeah, Atari which, VTS, yeah, which, which was like a a new computer that ran old software. Yeah, and, and it kind of looked like a modern twenty six hundred. It's yeah sitting unplugged. I played it for a little while, but I, I, everything it does, I can do on my PC. So it just kind of, other than the controller itself. It just yep. kind of went the way of the dodo for me. So here's Atari again. And let's be clear, when this is Atari who's owned by Infogrames at the moment, I think. So this is absolutely nothing to do with the original Atari. Correct. Um, and it's nothing to do with any of the iterations of Atari that came after the original Atari as well. Um, but they own the IP. And now what they're coming up with is effectively yeah, a reproduction of the original 2600 that actually takes cartridges. It'll take the original Not, cartridges. Uh, it can accept the vintage original cartridges uh, and also modern ones for the 2600 and the 7800. I don't know why the 5200 got missed out, but there you go. Um, and this will ship 
in November 2023 with a 10-in-1 game cartridge with a whole load of 2,600 games on Adventure Combat, Missile Command, Yars Revenge, and a few others. Called the 2,600 Plus. They want uh, how much for this? Uh, 150 150 130 $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130. $130
So right. I think well, there I mean, is a that, market that, for something like this. Maybe. And I think the market is yeah. better for this than the last thing I bought that didn't take cartridges. Yeah. This yeah. is a faithful so the, the, reproduction. And it and it has USB-C power in, mm-hmm. HDMI out, so you can connect it to a modern screen, which is, is definitely a win. Yep. Um, I wish I, it was I, the I mean, six-pack, not the four, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I, uh, I obviously... I think the other thing that, that the other problem this has is there are plenty of other ways to get these games um, for much, much less money. Oh, I agree and, with that, but they don't look as you know, cool as this. Let's, well, let's not the, discount the cool factor here. This, it yeah, looks I know, cool but, if but you're from the 70s mindset like us. Hasn't, um, hasn't somebody called Atari Flashback been making effectively this same product for much less money for about 15 years? Yeah, but it doesn't take cartridges and they're really tiny. Right. It's just built-in okay. games, and you can't add anything else or anything you like that. You can't add anything else. Right. right. So I think this okay. is a leg up on that. And I've got like mm-hmm. three of those systems that you just talked about, the flashbacks. I won one once on right. a contest. I, I came across that maybe a year ago or so on uh, Memories and, and Facebook. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot I won that thing. I don't think this is any different than the NES Classic. In fact, I think it's probably better in that well, no, it actually the takes NES cartridges. Classic wouldn't, yeah, the NES Classic wouldn't take cartridges yeah. either, would it? No, uh-uh. no, none of them did. This yeah. is the first one that takes original media. Yeah. that uh, Just the fact that it takes original media kind of intrigues me. I'm not buying this, don't get me wrong. I don't. Yeah. A, I don't have room for it, and if I want to play these games, I've got 12 different systems that will do that, um, including handheld systems. But I don't want to discount the, f- the coolness factor here. And there is something to be yep. said for the coolness factor. This thing plays original cartridges. The game controllers are exactly, you know, the replicas, but you know they're probably just as yeah. tough as the ones back then. Um, and uh, and they yeah, it looks like the VCS. It's slightly well, it's eighty percent size rather than full size. Oh, is it eighty percent? I didn't see that. That kind yeah. of sucks. I'd want it to be the full size. If you're gonna make it look like that, just make it the same size. Seriously. I didn't realize that I should have known by looking yeah. at the pictures that it is smaller. I get make it, it, but... Make it easy to fit into modern living spaces, apparently. Yeah, but uh, if you're going to do it, do it right. Don't do not do that. Yeah, as I said, if you're going to do it, do it right. I'd rather see a reproduction of the original hardware. The biggest issue that I inside. see with this, honestly, is nobody wants corded joysticks. Yeah. That kind of sucks. But if you add wireless, you're going to have... Just because of the technology, you're going to have delays. Well, you've already got delays. You've been doing software emulation. There's going to be that's inaccuracies. True. That's true. Because a lot of the a lot of people don't realize a lot of these games relied on hardware hacks to do what they did because the hardware was so limited. Well, yes and no. They the later games, especially from Activision, 100 percent yes. But uh, the yeah. original stuff, the reason it was so simple is because they it took them a while to really figure out where they could change things and kind of cheat it to make it do things it wasn't designed to. But those, you know, the, the people that were designing games for this old Atari system back in the day, like our friend Owen Rubin, although he was yeah. in an arcade, but still, it's, he was part of that culture and that, that company back then. Um, man, they, they were creating something that just simple. It's, I'm not saying designing games is easy today. It's not. It's very difficult. But they have a history that they can look back on. These guys were creating something from nothing. They were coming up with ideas that wasn't based on previous IP or, hey, this game's kind of like a Pac-Man game. Everything that was 
from what 77 to probably 85 yeah they were just was- pulling this stuff out of their butts man they they, they were <laughs> literally creating this from nothing they took an idea that did not exist anywhere in human history and just made these things and some yeah. of them sucked yes that's yeah, that's always going to happen but some of them were so iconic so iconic in fact that we're talking about this machine you know 45 years later yeah that's yeah, that's no, amazing that, that is absolutely true and and a lot of this a lot of this stuff i mean is you know even today many people would recognize the noise of a pac-man machine oh, yeah. or or the or the tempest tunnel or defender yeah. or something like that even though they've ne- probably never seen the original one just because these things kind of really stuck in the zeitgeist it 100 percent did yeah. yeah if i so, if i played I, a pac-man background sound everyone listening to this would know what it is if i played yeah. the theme from zelda i would say maybe 25 percent would even though yeah. zelda sold how many i mean it's it, these things are so iconic and i, and I love that Look, this this is not the same company. Let, let's put that aside. There's a company out there trying to still make money off of this, and I think that's kind of cool. Also, as well, there's quite a um, there's quite an interesting homebrew scene for people still making games for the 2600. Yeah, precisely for the reason yeah, to, that you just said. Go to our uh, is the Google, do a Google search for Atari Age. Seriously, yeah, you'll be amazed at dude. There's a Halo game for the Atari 2600. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and it's actually a good game. Yeah, so I I presume those will work on on this with cartridge. So should yeah, yeah. I I kind of wish that it wasn't emulation like you, from a yeah. purist standpoint. But if it's not the if it's not a hundred percent replica, you know, same size and everything, then that I'm fine with it. And just from a, where the hell are you going to get those old chips, man? Well, we can make anything. Yeah. Don't you know that? Yeah, it yeah. seems like it. We just make the wrong things in the wrong order. Um, <laughs> that's a callback from a, our discussion before we started recording the show. So yep. we do appreciate you guys listening to this episode of Tech Fan. We'd love to get feedback from you. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. And we are on Facebook as well. I'm not even mentioning the other one anymore because screw them. Um, yeah, exactly. It's just, uh, I, uh, we could talk about X or ta- uh, uh I don't. I really don't want to because I don't want to give the idiocy over there any more oxygen. Exactly. I, I'm 100% with you. I'm just over it. I yep. just am. And, and it's a shame that there's nothing out there that's quite as um, used in the same style. Yeah, but... The only thing to say is it took the bird sight an awful long time to get to that ubiquity. It did. Um, so anything uh, coming up is going to take a while. Yeah, the madness. The madness is still relatively. Well, up, Facebook's so thing just launched a web interface, and for some reason I can't sign into it. It's just not working right for me. Yeah, I'm not going there. Well, it's trading one billionaire for another. Um, exactly. But I mean, it is what it is. Maybe we should make it right. Well, I'm just busy. <laughs> Go on, there's Atari games to write. That's right. i got to write my new Atari 2600 game. Yeah. Tech Fan Mania. Yeah. Yep. So with that, we are going to wrap up the show. David, I will see you next week, unless you got another uh, cruise planned. No, no cruises. No cruises. Me. So we'll be back with uh, 
with a Geeks Pub, and I'm looking forward to it because we got some geeky stuff to talk about. A new Star Wars series just started. I've only watched one episode of it so far, and I almost fell asleep. Not because it's bad, it's just that I think I was just really tired, but it was also not great for me. Uh, so I look forward to see what you think of Ahsoka. I don't know if you've watched any episodes yet. I'm still trying to finish the last season of Rebels before I move on to it. So. Yeah, that's kind of an issue because one thing, Julie and I and Cole watched it, and Cole and I followed around perfectly, and Julie kept saying, well, who's that? Yeah. And I thought, that's not a good sign when she wants to like what's what's on screen, but she doesn't. She didn't have the background. It's like, okay, Star Wars is starting to go a little bit Marvel here, where if you don't know yeah. the whole story, it's not as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I thought about you because that was your argument about what's going on in the MCU. But I think the MCU has done a better job than what I've seen in Ahsoka. With Ahsoka, if you didn't watch the Clone Wars and Rebels, some of this stuff is just, I have no idea what's going on. And both yeah. of those were animated series. So a lot of adults never watched them. So it's like, yeah, they probably maybe should have done a little bit more splaining. Or, I don't know. Put all that or aside. Make it and less just, dependent. Yeah, just make it less <laughs> dependent. Come up with new yeah. characters. Don't reuse characters. And I go, oh, is that supposed to be the one guy that doesn't really look like that guy, but he did the voice, so they use him as an actor? Okay. Yeah. I take that. David, I'll see you in a week. See you then.